inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. Okay, thanks for checking into another episode of Doing Ministry Well. We are here in Kailua, um, which should not be confused with Kailua Kona, which we just were. That's on a separate island. So we're here in Kailua on Oahu. And uh, I have the privilege of being here with Steve Sprague. Steve, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Jim. It's good to be here with you. Um, yeah, I think we got introduced. I'm trying to think how we did get introduced. I remember emailing you because I found your blog, but I'm trying to even back it up further than that. Um, I think the teacher that came in to the School of Biblical Studies that was teaching on Leviticus, who's an amazing teacher, Chad Lewis, also teaches in a classical Christian school in Michigan. And so he was talking about classical Christian education. And so I just looked up to see if there was anything here on the island. Found your blog. Loved that a headmaster of a school was blogging. I thought that was just such a great uh, leadership thing to be doing to really you know, be sharing your thoughts with a, with a wide audience. And so I just shot you an email and you were quick to respond and, and, uh, invited us up to the school. So yeah, thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. You know, the classical Christian, um, it's, it's really been a movement, uh, and a growing movement. And so there's more and more people that are, uh, aware of what's going on and participating mm. and, uh, and some of them coming out here to Hawaii occasionally. And, sure. uh, and so, uh, I'm not surprised that, because uh, we ourselves, I, my wife and I stumbled upon it ourselves just ooh, probably uh, six years ago, hmm. uh, having not had an education like that. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, and it's just been great to see these schools thriving and, and popping up in different places. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, what exactly classical Christian education is, because I'm sure that a lot of our listeners have... Uh, are hearing that term for the first time today. Sure. Uh, it, I guess, you know, sometimes I think about, you know, the term classical Christian uh, where where the emphasis should lie is definitely on the Christian. And certainly that's our application in our school, that, that what we're about is Christ first and foremost. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, we oftentimes we say classical Christian, uh, which expresses really two of our core values in those few words. Uh, in Christ being chief among them. Uh, but the classical piece is the one that is uh, more foreign to uh, a lot of people. Uh, again, myself included, where sure, yeah. uh, I didn't grow up with that kind of an education. Uh, the way we describe it at our school is, is, is really the, how we go about uh, the, um, uh, our education. You know, there's, the, there's what we do, which is a, a Christian education. We talk about Christian worldview in our thinking. Mm-hmm. Is what we talk about here at Trinity. And, um, and then why we do it is because of what Christ has done for us. We talk about being gospel and our motivation. That's the why. Mm-hmm. Um, but then how we do that is uh, classical. And, and so that, that's really just a method and a means for going about achieving the goals that we have for our students and for our school and for our community. And, uh, uh, you know, and so in, in those terms, how it, it's a method, but it's a method that we've gleaned from really centuries of, of experience with education. So uh, schools have been around for a really long time and right, going right. back to Socrates. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so classical is, is trying to discern the best way to educate children. Hmm. Uh, and there's all kinds of materials and all kinds of lectures and speakers and debates and topics and books that people can find on 
how to do uh, education well, and the debates are endless. Sure. And uh, um, and we want to do the same thing. We we don't look at classical uh, as a kind of a nostalgic thing, looking back and trying to do what's uh, you know just because we're, we're nostalgic about the past. We're really trying to discern what's the best way to educate children. Right. And what we've done is just to look back through history and say, well, what has worked in history? Hmm. What has worked really well in history? through centuries, gleaning the best way to educate children. And that's what we've discovered is this form of education that has worked so well in the past and hmm. that we want to pursue. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember some of the specifics when I first uh, first met you that you talked about with the classical method that were just amazing. Um, you talked a little bit about the, the primary education and how a lot of memory uh, was involved with that memorization. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. There's... Uh, there's really kind of three stages as we go through, um, you know, K through 12 school. Mm-hmm. And um, we, uh, we begin that with the, um, in the grammar stage, uh, think elementary age children. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are so receptive to memorizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are so, um, <laughs> we got some background noise. Yeah, that's all right. We're Is in a school. Right? Their kids yeah. are learning. It's okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah, there's, it's getting towards the end of the school year, and we have some uh, excitable seniors <laughs> that are in the room adjacent to us who are excited about finishing their final exam. Oh, I bet. Um, but yes, going back, uh, grammar stage, the mm-hmm. elementary students are, um, are so uh, apt to memorize. And again, mm-hmm. this is something that just is, is inherent. This is how God made us, and this is what, through the centuries, educators have discovered. Mm-hmm. And, and what I think all parents know... <laughs> Whenever they play a, a memory game with their with their uh, children, sure. you know, it, my my kids are incredibly good at that. You know, where you flip the cards over, right, and, right. Um, and so we lean into that, and we 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 pour in all kinds of things that they memorize, mm-hmm. um, and it could be you know language. You know, we have a really robust phonics program where they memorize all the seven about seventy phonograms mm-hmm. that make up the English language, wow. the component parts of the English language, and about twenty rules to go with that. And once they've memorized that, they've got the English language pegged. Right. Um, you know, multiplication tables is another example, and of course, you know, uh, I shouldn't say every school does that, but. Every school should, you know, it's, it's very, because the kids can so readily memorize it. Uh, you know, we have first graders who are memorizing whole chapters in the Bible. Wow. Uh, we have um, uh, the memorizing, uh, in fact, I, I say first graders because my daughter's a first grader right now, and, and she was singing a song about all 50 states, Wow. Um, you know, and memorizing the presidents. And I mean, just, it goes on and on. There's a song that they, they sing, and we do it with songs because it's more fun for the kids. But sure. they you know, a song with all 50 prepositions in the English language, you know, and they've got that in their tool bag when it comes to writing. And so, uh, so we just pack it in history. Um, uh, there's, uh, some catechism questions for theology. Mm -hmm. There's Bible verses, there's science, uh, songs and chants. There's all kinds of things that they memorize and they do, uh, and they love it. And, and that's, and they have a sense of accomplishment and that works well for that stage, uh, of students. And so that's the grammar phase. Uh, what what comes after that? What's kind of the the theory or uh, the approach um, in the in the older ages? Sure. So as they uh, as they grow older, they begin to question, sure. and it happens at different ages for different students. Mm-hmm. But they uh, they begin to um, uh, question everything around them, yeah. especially as they become middle schoolers, right. and they have. Um, 
uh, uh, they challenge their parents and they challenge their teachers. And that's a good thing, too. We want to lean into that, right. but teach them how to do it appropriately. Hmm. Teach them how to do it uh, rightly. And that's um, teaching them formal logic. Hmm. And, and logical fallacies, mm-hmm. uh, ad hominem attacks, and mm-hmm. things that are fallacies that they can identify. And um, and and as it turns out, our, our students, having done this now for a little while, they our students end up doing very well in debate. We wow. have we have a couple students going. They won here at states in policy, and they'll be going to um, nationals wow. uh, this summer. That's amazing. Uh, as a um, as as a just. Uh, giving some attention to that. Sure. And then uh, that's middle school years. And, and of course, we're still doing memorization and mm-hmm. we're still doing uh, oral expression as well because that's the next stage really is the rhetoric stage, mm-hmm. uh, both oral and written expression. And, and all of these we're doing all the time. It's just there's an emphasis placed at each stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all still taking the same subjects. There's history and uh, math and science and so forth. They But we give a special emphasis in the, and this is what they again have done in classical schools through the ages. Uh, the rhetoric stage, you know, they uh, we just really hone their skills in speaking and writing persuasively and whimsically and effectively, uh, and they get quite good at that. Wow. So um, that's amazing. I want to go back to school and have a classical education now. I know that's why I'm here. <laughs> I'll take myself back to school. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you talked a little bit about uh, history, and I, I think I remember you talking about kind of the classical method to approaching history as education as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Say that question one more time. Yeah, just talking about um, history. You, I think I remember you saying that you kind of teach world history twice. Like you start. Oh, oh, okay. I know what you're getting at. Um, so, uh, we we do care about. Uh, what we try and do is integrate our subjects. Mm-hmm. That's one thing about a classical school as well. Uh, and other, other schools might do this too, um, although many don't. But it, but you, we try and integrate. Um, if they're going to be studying, say, Greece and Rome, uh, ancient history mm-hmm. in Greece and Rome, which I think we do in oh, third grade, um, that, yes, that's right, because second grade, I'm sorry, second grade is ancient um, history in Egypt, and then third grade is Greece and Rome. Okay. The the books that they read in literature are going to match in the timeline yeah. with that, and uh, and other things that we're teaching and we're you know vocabulary and things like that. We're just going to try and integrate the subjects. Even math, sometimes we can yeah. look at you know uh, the history of math and 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 relate it to that period in time, and that goes all the way through twelfth grade. You know when we get to uh, our secondary school, which is 7th through 12th, we go through a three-year cycle where, again, we go uh, ancient, then um, more Renaissance and Reformation, and then modern history, hmm. and then go th- through that cycle again. And in each grade level, there's a, a great deal of integration between the history, the literature, the theology, hmm. and um, um, and even math and science. Where we're trying so, so they can see the connections right. um, between... The disciplines uh, with that that timeline. So that's that's another facet of classical education. Yeah, that's awesome. It just seems so logical. I I don't think that there was any real timeline in the history that I studied. So you don't really know where anything is in that timeline. So yeah, I just love that logical approach. Um, and then something else that amazed me that you talked about classical education is is what the seniors have to do to graduate. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. In fact, it's happening uh, next week. 
Uh, you ought to come out. Yeah, and it's uh, Because it's open to the public, okay. which is really intimidating. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, they, they speak for 20 minutes mm-hmm. on a controversial subject, mm-hmm. and it's memorized. Wow. Uh, last year, we did mostly memorized. This year, I think it's all memorized. 20 minutes, eloquent <laughs> speech on a controversial subject. Wow. And in front of a public audience. Mm-hmm. And our students have done so well in the past, and I'm sure our students this year will do well uh, again. And uh, and then, once they've done that, it's 20 minutes being grilled by a panel of judges, wow. different people in our community, yeah. asking them tough questions about their, their thesis, their point of view on that topic. And that becomes a um, uh, just a, a great venue for displaying uh, their, their education, um, you know, that they can... Uh, think critically about a topic and they can pull their ideas together and, yeah. and then express them and express them in a very uh, compelling and persuasive way. So it's, uh, it's a great capstone to their education and uh, graduation the, the week after. Yeah. That, that assuming they pass their thesis. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, share a little bit about how you got to here to be the uh, headmaster at Trinity. I know you have some some other work experience. Uh, can you just share a little bit about what life was like up until now? Sure. Um, I, um, uh, I'm coming out of the Navy. So I spent 20 years in the Navy. In fact, uh, went to the Naval Academy before that. So, uh, so the Navy has just been my, my life for, mm-hmm. uh, 24 years since I started there at the Naval Academy. And it's been, um, and it's been wonderful, and I loved it. Uh, it was just a great place to serve, and so many opportunities that were given to me, and um, uh, and I and, and just serving in the Navy as a Christian as well. Uh, there is, um, you know, there is a ministry that God had for me in the military, in a in a secular environment, uh, for the the people I knew and for the leadership positions I had. There's there's always uh, in my heart and in my mind a uh, a mind towards how can I glorify God in mm-hmm. what I do and um, and where I'm at and whom I'm with and so it's uh, um, so it was great I loved it it was such an adventure yeah uh, and uh, but I did feel uh, a pull towards uh, I guess my what you might call full time ministry you know an, an environment where I could so freely share. Uh, my faith, and it was just part of who we are and what we do, and uh, and that's been the real difference here, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and so that's been great for me and for this time in my life. Uh, this is this has been wonderful. I've loved to step into this uh, school environment, mm-hmm. which is again first and foremost a ministry, sure. and uh, and to um, and just to pray before meeting with parents. Right. You know, I I in fact I almost forgot. Uh, several times. I did forget, you know, I'd start meeting with parents because I, being in the Navy, I wasn't accustomed to begin right. <laughs> with a word of prayer. And I'd think, oh, wait, we can pray. Let's pray. That's and, awesome. uh, and speaking with students in the classroom mm-hmm. as well, uh, I did teach in a um, secular university mm-hmm. and, and there were big questions that I couldn't bring up. We were mm-hmm. talking about history and, um, you know, something like the Holocaust. It raises big, sure. really big questions about God and his sovereignty, and, and I couldn't even really address those right. there. But here I can, and it's so uh, free. Yeah, There's a freedom in it, and there's an honesty to it as well. Hmm. Um, and and I, I really feel like there's it's a more honest education because we're not, in a sense, suppressing the truth mm-hmm. uh, in our classrooms. Hmm. At least That's we try awesome. not to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yeah, just talk a little bit about what you're doing here as headmaster. What is what does that look like? What are some of the responsibilities that you have? Whew, um, it feels like more and more each week. Uh, <laughs> the uh, it's but it's been wonderful. I have loved it. It's first and foremost, I'd say, a uh, leadership position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I did not grow up through the education. Uh, you know, starting off as a teacher and then a principal or dean of students or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just stepped right into the head of school position. Mm-hmm. And um, I, actually, I went, served for a year on the school board mm-hmm. first um, because I did have a, a passion for education. Mm-hmm. Long had that. And and at, over the years had grown uh, a passion for classical Christian education. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yes, I, I jumped right into the head of school mm-hmm. role. role and um, and the theory was that uh, I had a, a great deal of leadership experience mm-hmm. um, in the Navy, uh, some within the church as well, and mm-hmm. uh, and to bring that to bear in this position. That was the theory, and, and I think it's played out because I felt so um, uh, really comfortable in a sense in the leadership role, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've loved being able to. It, it's really a. Um, a way to serve the mission of the school in a really great way and serve the people who are part of it and the faculty and the principals yeah. and uh, um, in guiding the school and shepherding the people in a sense. So uh, I've, I've really loved it. Hmm, that's awesome. Um, in all of your, all of your time, uh, what would you say has been the highlight of your ministry? And that can be back through uh, the 20 years in the Navy, or if, if one of the highlights now is, is being here, what would you say is the overall highlight of your time in ministry? Uh, I think I'm really in the midst of it. Yeah. Uh, it really, uh, I'm, I'm so excited about uh, participating with this school. Hmm. Uh, it, it has, um, uh, I don't know, kind of brought just new life to mm-hmm. me and my family uh, and given such a purpose for mm-hmm. us as well. Yeah. Uh, there, and there was a purpose, of course, in, and I don't want to at all disparage the work that God has us doing in the secular world. And, and I loved my time in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I, and in fact, I see how God has so very specifically prepared me mm-hmm. through my experiences uh, over the years for what I'm doing. And, and it's just, it takes some time. It takes some patience sometime, mm-hmm. you know, but it, at certain points, I feel God does just grant us um, and show us, this is what I have for you. This is mm-hmm. what I want you to do. And I've really felt a sense of that just in the last two years I've been doing this. And uh, and so I'd say, you know, now is the been the highlight well, uh, awesome. in this time frame. And and that's going through some challenges too. So there's there's been some real... Uh, great successes at the school, and, mm-hmm. and by success, there's there's some pra- practical success, but really the where you see lives changed mm-hmm. uh, in the students' lives, and uh, and you see the ministry happening. Th- that has been tremendous, um, and uh, and that's been a real highlight. But there's also challenges too, and I'd say through the challenges and through the, the highlights, this still has been uh, just a highlight for me in, in my uh, my career mm-hmm. and, and in my life as a Christian. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, speaking out some of those highlights, some of those uh, I, I've heard you share some stories before about kind of interactions with with uh, students and even sometimes with students and parents. Can you just talk about a couple of those stories? Something that jumps to your mind. Oh boy, I uh, um, there's so many. It's sometimes hard to remember them. Uh, 
I mean, it, it just happens on such a frequent basis mm-hmm. that I get a report from a teacher or a parent about uh, a student who's, um, whose life is, is being changed and their heart is being changed. And, and what we get to do is uh, sometimes play a part and sometimes just to be a witness to it. Sure. There's been times I just brought to tears when I hear about a teacher uh, talking, you know, maybe giving an award to their student mm-hmm. and talking about them mm. and, um, and just how God has changed them. And they're uh, not just their grades, but just their heart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and those are real highlights. Um, there's a student who um, I think it began with a disciplinary issue and mm-hmm. um, just some, there was some, <laughs> all right, our seniors have some music going on next door. I don't know if <laughs> our listeners, music. <laughs> listeners can hear it, but uh, again, there's some end of year celebration, I think, uh, happening with them. And now they're singing along. Um, but uh, uh, so one student, uh, again, began with a disciplinary issue and they, um, they had, uh, I think it was throwing uh, something at each other or whatever. But, you know, mm-hmm. the student comes in the principal's office and is lying about it. And, mm-hmm. um, and then they, uh, and, the, and the principal is able to draw the student out and, mm-hmm. and not just address that incident, but just to uh, draw out a, um, some confession and some repentance about mm-hmm. a pattern of lying. And, mm-hmm. uh, and unbeknownst to us, this was an issue going on at home. And so when we share, we always want to involve the parents. Mm-hmm. So when we share that news, you know, with the parents about that incident um, and, and what was shared with them and, and discussed with them and prayed with them, you know, then the parents can take that and they can work with it. And that's what they did in this case. And mm-hmm. they, and they, um, they pursued that and had some great conversation with their young child and, um, and, and then they shared with us that, you know, this is something that they'd seen happening over some time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this was an opportunity that the, the school, in a sense, teed, up, teed him up and gave mm-hmm. him an opportunity to have some great discussions with their child and really brought him to uh, a place of real repentance and real mm-hmm. faith. And wow. it wasn't long after that uh, that uh, they had decided it was time for their uh, son to be baptized. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just That's so... Awesome special to, to see that, you know, yeah. um, one other story I'll share. I, I think this is one maybe that you've heard. It's, um, there's not one that I was party to, but, um, but I've seen things like this. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've heard this very, this, the same story, uh, since I've been here as well. But, mm-hmm. but the one I'm thinking of, uh, it was a student who, um, or a family who had, uh, was sending their, uh, students to a different school and, mm-hmm. uh, not a Christian school, but one student was, uh, having a hard time and, and, uh, and they sent him here thinking it would be easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't. We actually, uh, we, our students work really hard and, yeah. uh, and we have pretty, uh, very high standards for uh, achievement and mm-hmm. so forth. We are just, that's, that's part of being a Christian school, I think, is being excellent right. in all we do. And so that's what we pursue. So the students working harder and, uh, but actually doing the work. And this mm-hmm. is what was so surprising to mom, yeah. uh, watching him come home with all this work, but actually doing it and, uh, and doing it every night. And, and finally she just stopped him and said, what are you doing? Why are you doing all this? And the student said, um, mom, I'm doing this cause I know my teacher loves me. Wow. You know, it's, uh, it's just a, a picture of, of, uh, really the gospel, you know, why is it we're doing what we're doing? Why am I, a headmaster of a school. Uh, why is this? Uh, why I, I, I was here till I think 
we've had a busy time. I was here till eight o'clock last night. But why? You know, the why is because of what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, and um, and He's the love is is there. It's not uh, dependent on my performance. Mm. He graciously um, gives us His love, uh, and uh, unconditionally gives us His love, and and so to to model that in the classroom, for example, where the teacher who just uh, gives unconditional love to their students uh, and for a student to recognize that mm. and to respond to that. Uh, it's just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Steve, if you had to share with our listeners three practical steps on uh, doing ministry well, what would those three steps be? Who? okay. Uh, <laughs> I guess, you know, it might depend, depend on the, the kind of ministry uh, and the audience. Uh, but just the, these are some things that I've learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, and tried to practice here in this ministry, uh, in, a, in a Christian school ministry. Uh, first, uh, in, and, and this is, again, just keeping in mind where I sit as the, the head of school, but I think really important for any ministry uh, mm-hmm. that to be really clear about your mission mm-hmm. uh, and your purpose, um, to be really clear, to articulate that. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I noticed this even in the Navy that... that um, there's always the squadron or whatever I was part of, you know, always had a mission statement. And, uh, and I think as a young guy, you know, we hear it all the time. We roll our eyes. Yeah. Um, but these sort of things really are important. Uh, and, and some organizations don't give much thought to it. Uh, but we need to know really our, uh, what, is, what is it we're doing? Yeah. And, and the words matter. Hmm. The words matter a great deal. And uh, the convictions that we hold or core values, you could say. We, we use the word convictions. Um, mm-hmm. I think I expressed them earlier. We talk about Christian worldview and our thinking, gospel and our motivation, classical and our method, and then partnered with parents mm-hmm. uh, in our community. So those are our four convictions. But that's just to be real clear about that and to keep Christ at the center of that mission is, uh, I think, my first um, uh, tip, if you will, yeah. my first bit of advice. Uh, secondly, I think uh, when it comes to ministry... It's important to not neglect uh, the church, hmm. uh, because a lot of times we use the word ministry as a as a parachurch ministry, mm-hmm. and there's uh, and, and that's what we are as a school. You know, we are we are a school, but we're not the church. Right. And, and the Bible talks about His church. You know, Christ's bride mm-hmm. doesn't talk about Christian schools. Right. Um, but of course, we we have a great ministry that we can use for the glory of God, and so. Um, uh, so and there's a great purpose for ministries in our community. I'm very excited about this one and other ministries in our community, and I think it's just recognizing and giving uh, uh, thought to God's church and what is special about His church and distinct about it, and how we can uh, partner with churches uh, to uh, to minister to people here uh, and then uh, direct them towards. Uh, God's church, you know, as our students graduate from our, and even as they're here too, that we're, we're guiding them toward uh, a place where they can uh, meet together with other believers uh, in worship mm-hmm. and they can um, have a, a place where there's uh, accountability and some um, progressive sanctification, mm-hmm. you know, and as they grow more and more like Christ. And, and, you know, there's a great purpose for God's church and we want to direct them there while we're ministering to them in the great ministry that we have. Um, and then our graduates, you know, a measure of success is that they would 
um, go off to college and seek out a church mm-hmm. um, in which to, to grow and, uh, to, and to submit themselves to that authority in the mm-hmm. preaching of God's word. Uh, so that's another tip. Um, and then, uh, boy, uh, number three, uh, maybe uh, to, to be humble uh, is, I think, very important. And that may not, it, said like that, it, it's not really a practical advice because it's hard you know of course be humble we acknowledge that Um, but I think maybe the practical way to do that is uh, is a discipline and it's to Mm -hmm. ask uh, especially for leaders to to just ask the question what um, uh, and not not assume is I I think you step into a leadership role uh, or as I do there's the tendency to to feel like I should always have it together and have it, you know, and know what to do and to instill that confidence in others that I know what I'm doing. Um, and, and so sometimes leaders fail to ask, what is going on at, uh, there's our seniors again, what is going on and what, um, um, what, can, what can I do better? Uh, what should I be thinking about? Uh, and to invite critique, uh, invite feedback. What, um, you know, what, what am I not doing well? Uh, what are we as an organization not doing well? Uh, I, I asked that question to my principals the other day and, and said, okay, what's not going well here at school? And, and say, it's okay. I mean, we, don't, we can't address it unless we, we know about it. Right. You know, this is good news in, right. in my mind. And so drawing them out and coming up with a list. And I think someone at one point said, um, said well, let's make sure we get to the good news too. I said, no, if you want good news, you can go to God's word. <laughs> Because um, it's it's good is good news, you know. To because we can't really address these things unless we know about them. And I think there's such a uh, honesty um, that that God gives us just in the gospel. You know, it's just we, we are sinners, and that's uh, that's our nature. And uh, and there's a there's a love and acceptance He gives us, knowing that while we we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so so it's okay, and it's healthy for us to talk about what's not going well. And so I think just to practically. Uh, as a ministry, and you want a, a ministry where the leadership and the whole ministry is, has a, a sense of humility, hmm. uh, practically you want to just ask. Yeah. You know, we do surveys, for example. We've been doing a lot of surveys recently, mm-hmm. and uh, and you get a little nervous. You know, yeah, how the sure. results will turn out, and <laughs> but but that's the right thing to do. That's mm-hmm. a healthy thing to do. How how do you? Um, I'm trying to formulate my question here correctly. Do you have a schedule for that kind of feedback loop, and then? The second part of that question would be, what are you doing with that feedback once you get it? Ooh. Um, that, to your schedule question, not really. Okay. There's some things, like certain surveys, mm-hmm. you, you do want to do on a regular schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're starting to get onto that schedule for our school. Mm-hmm. Are those surveys um, something that you're coming up with on your own? Or is that something that you're writing? Or are you using a, a resource? In some cases, mm-hmm. uh, on our own. Um, other cases, there's Christian schools uh, and private schools have some surveys that, that over time they've researched the right questions to ask and okay. so forth. So yeah. we borrow those. Um, but... Um, but not really a schedule, and most of the feedback is really just a, uh, a discipline and a posture. Uh, it's, uh, it's inviting the, the, the critique and feedback. People oftentimes just need to know that that's invited. Right. And so that's happening all the time. Yeah. And, and it's mentoring it for, uh, for people and encouraging them to do that. Yeah. And uh, so, so not really a schedule. That's just hopefully it's continuous. And then to your 
other question. That was a good one. What was it? Um, what are you doing with that feedback oh, once right. you get it? Um, it's important, and I've and I've not uh, done this well, and that's why it's fresh on my mind. Uh, once you get the feedback, to oftentimes give the results back to uh, the group that may have given feedback. So I'm thinking here, in, like in the sense of a survey, um, you, you don't want their, you know, if they give some feedback, you don't want it just them to have the sense that's going into a black void. Right. <laughs> you know, sure. you might give them at least give them some feedback. Yeah. And uh, so that's the first step. You know, it, make sure you're giving feedback, and that could apply on an individual level as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after you you've got some feedback, to think about it and go back to them, and uh, and and you may not have changed your mind, uh, but in any way, any sense, give them some feedback. That's mm-hmm. that's probably very important, uh, I think, uh, to do with it. And of course, to you know, if the if it's critique, for example. Uh, you can, uh, if you, if you in humility feel like that's valid critique, um, your option then is to repent mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and not be afraid to call it a mistake or even sin mm-hmm. and, and just to repent and turn the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you disagree with it and there's occasions for that as well, mm-hmm. you know, say, you know, I've, I've got a perspective that, that they don't have, and I've checked with some other people, and, and I think this is still the right course of action. Um, you know, then, then you want to, again, give feedback, mm-hmm. but uh, pursue your convictions mm-hmm. and lead with principle. Mm-hmm. Um, principles, yeah. P-L-E. We have, to be, <laughs> we have to be careful here in the school uh, <laughs> to distinguish between, um, you know, being guided by principles. PLEs and, and not the people <laughs> principles, PAL. But. Right. Yeah, it's just excellent that you've created a safe environment where that feedback is just a part of the, the culture, even, even critiquing, because I think a lot of places that's not the environment. There's not a safety to have that, that feedback. And I think what you really hit on um, that probably a lot of people in ministry struggle with is that we feel as leaders that we have to have it all right. So I, I love this this last tip of be humble, you know, we, we are sinners and we are not perfect. And so when we're stepping up to lead, some of that imperfection is going to be there as well. And we can welcome the community to, uh, speak into that. And then we are allowed to repent. And so not to be afraid of that. I just think yeah. that's, that's really healthy. And I, I love that stuff. So. Interestingly, it was a lesson I learned in the Navy, hmm. you know, different, uh, commands that I, uh, was part of mm-hmm. and, uh, and some, were, were a poor example of that, and, and there were some uh, tremendous examples of uh, good examples mm. of, you know, just as an organization, um, having that kind of humility and, and being such a, such a freedom to mm. uh, invite the problems and, or to discuss the problems. And, and that just so transformed. Those organizations were so healthy and so transforming. Mm. Um, so that was a lesson I learned from the Navy. Awesome. Um, but it certainly uh, fits with. Uh, the gospel of Christ. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about this next question because every time uh, we spend any time together, I am just motivated to read more. Um, So has there been anything that's been inspiring you lately? Any books, resources, ideas? What's really been uh, a source of inspiration for you recently? Oh, sure. I, uh, yeah, we haven't talked for a while. Um, So I'll tell you, uh, I know at one point I, uh, I was telling you, just from a leadership standpoint, I really liked Albert Moeller's book yeah. on leadership, and I don't, I don't really like leadership books a whole lot, sure. but I really did like that one. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, I read it with uh, two people from Maryland. We we uh, 
met on Skype and discussed it weekly, and it was it was oh, good. excellent. Yeah, yeah, it just and it so resonated with just things that I think God's taught me over the years as well in the Navy, and I thought He expressed it uh, the the topic so well. Um, so. Um, so that was one, but since then, uh, yeah, a number of other books relating to school and, mm-hmm. um, and so forth. But I think one that stands out is, um, or maybe an author that stands out. I, I've been recently introduced to is Kevin DeYoung. Um, uh, there's a, a book, uh, called Taking God at His Word, uh, that, uh, I read recently and it's such a good book on just understanding what we believe about God's word. Uh, the effect of it on me, of reading that book, was to just give me a greater confidence in God's Word hmm. and a greater um, affection uh, for God's Word. And um, in fact, so much so that uh, each summer we get a book to give to our faculty members to read over the summer. And uh, that's the book I've, hmm. I've picked to uh, share with them because it's so important in a ministry uh, to be centered on God's Word and to really understand what we believe about it, the inerrancy and the clarity and the necessity and the sufficiency mm. of, of Scripture yeah, and what yeah. that means um, and, and the evidence for that. And so it's very well written, very accessible uh, book. Um, uh, another one of his uh, that I just finished was, uh, was The Mission of the Church. Mm. And, uh, and, it, and again, just as a ministry um, and not the church, I, I'm wanting to understand how I can, uh, as a ministry, uh, not only minister the students individually and so forth, but as uh, as an organization uh, and a ministry to uh, support the mission of God's church mm. in the world. And so that's why I read that book too. And that's Kevin Young as well. That was very good. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So those are a couple books. Uh, I, I've also just benefited from some groups, mm-hmm. uh, some some organizations that I participate in. Uh, there's a classical Christian, a um, couple of classical Christian organizations. I'll be going to a conference this summer, uh, Society for Classical Learning, mm-hmm. and it's uh, classical Christian educators, and mm-hmm. it's a, a group of just like-minded people, and I think that's really important to, mm-hmm. to have those gatherings where your people share your same mission and vision and convictions and, and to join together. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that, and I, I get a lot of good resources uh, when I go to that conference as well, but the but the other resource is just others, you know, mm. meeting other people who share the same passion. Mm. Um, they they become a resource to me, uh, people I can call to uh, when I have questions and need help. Um, and then more locally, uh, I I like the um, network of pastors. Uh, our school is a gathering place of many churches, and in, in, um, in fact, our faculty itself. We have thirty churches represented in oh, our wow. faculty. Uh, and so, um, uh, so it's neat to think about church partnership and how we, in working together, can uh, impact this community for Christ. So one organization that I, I appreciate uh, that we've talked about before is the Gospel Coalition mm-hmm. uh, group here yeah. in Hawaii. It's and, a great group. Uh, and we're pastors joined together and ministry leaders joined mm-hmm. together, and we joined together around the gospel. and. Uh, and, and I just I, I love to see where that's going. We have, uh, of course, they sponsored a conference, uh, Overflow Conference, uh, mm-hmm. last year and have other things planned uh, for this year. And, uh, but that's a resource for me as well, uh, are those people. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, just the group of other ministry leaders and, uh, and pastors uh, who also share 
a, a vision for what um, what can be done in this community to glorify God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if our listeners are interested in finding out a little bit more about classical uh, Christian education, where would you have them start? Ooh. Well, again, it's a growing movement, and so it might be in uh, their backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, you could just Google it, I suppose, and see if there's something uh, nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the schools um, do like uh, like like ours. Um, do like to um, bring people in so that, that they can benefit from from what's going on, but they also like to just uh, educate uh, mm-hmm. the public on um, this this kind of education. So. Um, so, I'm, so I think most schools would be welcome to people just coming in and observing and, sure. uh, and sitting down and chatting with someone about what it is, even if you don't even have students that, yeah. uh, um, to bring to the school at that point. It's, uh, uh, we found in doing so, we found people, uh, not just families, but uh, faculty members uh, who have had a growing interest in what we're doing. And then mm-hmm. they start substituting with us and then they become teachers mm-hmm. with us. And, and so... Um, uh, so yeah, just uh, uh, and then other places, uh, the Association of Classical Christian Schools, mm-hmm. ACCS, uh, they have a, a website you can Google them and uh, Society for Classical Learning uh, is is the conference I'm going to this summer and that's another group of schools like us and they have different resources. Uh, there's some great books out there um, to uh, that you can see on those websites mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, Wisdom and Eloquence, that's a very good one. Mm-hmm. Um, repairing the Ruins. Uh, um, there's, a, yeah, there's a number of great books on uh, classical Christian education. Uh, and so, um, and great articles too. So, I, uh, but, I, but going to a school, I think that's the best way. Just mm-hmm. to see, get a picture of it and to yeah. talk to someone in person. Uh, to see how it's different yeah. is, is really the most effective way to, to learn about it. There's also a homeschool community. This mm-hmm. is very popular. And there's homeschool networks and homeschool resources uh, for classical Christian education. And, and those are worth checking out as well. Hmm. Great. Steve, I really appreciate your time uh, being interviewed. You just have such great things to share. And, uh, yeah, just thanks for being on the show. Would you close us in prayer and just pray for our listeners? Yeah, I'd love to. Dear Lord, thank you uh, for just allowing us to participate uh, in your ministry, uh, what you're accomplishing in our school, uh, in our community, uh, in the hearts and minds of our students, um, and in, um, in those of our, uh, uh, that participate in our ministry, Lord, this is your work, and it's for your glory, and we uh, get to participate. Uh, what a great joy it is. Uh, what a great joy just to be a witness uh, to it, Lord. And so we give thanks and praise to you uh, for your encouragement uh, and for giving us a purpose Uh, in loving and serving you. Uh, We love you, and in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for being on the show, Steve. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources mentioned on this episode. To find out more about Doing Ministry Well, check out our website, www.doingministrywell.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestion on who we should interview next, email us at doingministrywell at gmail.com. To find out more about me, your hosts, visit my blog at www.jimjessbaker.com. That's www.jimjessbaker.com. All links are Amazon affiliate links and help us out when you make a purchase through them.